Morning, everybody. It's great to be able to stand here on this uh, lovely uh, winter's day. Um, well, it's winter in Saudi, so I mean, I suppose it's, this is your <laughs> Just, this would be winter in Saudi, I think, or something like that, but we're not there. But um, just a, a, I, I just want to say, I really feel, and as a people, oh, yes, oh, I've got to stand in front of this thing, so we'll move this back. Oh, my glory. Sorry, I'm going to be restricted, but they, I'm going to go out of it, I promise you. Um, you know, just having a sense that God is doing something new, and God is doing something new with this church. He's breathing a new life and a new vision and a new purpose. There's been a season that we're going through, and and that season has been destined by God. And he's bringing life. Last uh, last year's vision and and very much this year's vision is to go deeper. God wants us to press in, to push in, to go to deeper places, to find the reserves of gold that he has got for us. And, you know, if you look at the, the, the mines today, South Africa's probably got one of the deepest mines in the world. So they're, they're pressing real deep to get the reserve. Saying that's what we need to be doing. We need to be pressing in. And it doesn't just mean for the life of the church. It means you as individuals because it's the body that makes up the church. It's you as individuals that are the church. Because if I was standing here and there was no one here, then there was no point in me talking, perhaps just to myself. But the reality is we talk here and we share here because we're sharing to a collective of people who make up the body of Christ and who make up City Hill. And so you are valuable and important to the life of this church. You're not just somebody who comes on a Sunday. God is saying that you have got value and purpose in this place for this season and for this time. So anyway, that was just by the by. I like to just keep on tangents. But I wanted to just share something which was a little offshoot of what I shared in December and in December, I, sh- I shared about the Word of God and the importance of the Word. And we, we spoke about various aspects of the Word. But I'll, before I get into that, who likes to be blessed? Who, who finds it so important and it's an absolute... Oh, I tell you, Christmas time, when those gifts are handing out, you're waiting in anticipation that you hope you get. And the problem is, when you get older, those gifts, gifts get less. I don't know. When, you know, when you were a kid, there was a bed at the bed. I mean, I used to wake up in the... Uh, on Christmas Day and there was a pillowcase and it was full of things and it was so exciting. It's so fantastic to be blessed. And I tell you what, let's just see those hands. Who likes to be blessed here? Okay, I'll tell you, I saw one hand there that's very good over there. So I've got a little treat over there. I've got a nice little banana loaf here. And that little banana loaf is going to the first hand that I send there. Here we go. There's a blessing for him for sticking up his hand there. He likes to bless his people. And there's a scripture that I want to read you in Psalms 119. And it goes like this. And this is what the word of God talks about blessing. And I want to, I want to elaborate, uh, elaborate on that this morning. And I want to bring something, a truth home to you. A, a, a secret to your next step in life. Because we are all facing challenges. We are all facing things. And you know what? Those things will never stop. I have to tell you. There will be moments and seasons in your life where the journey will have some peace. But there will be most of the time, it's a journey of courage and perseverance. Some of us suffer physically with things, emotionally with things, spiritually with things. And so those journeys are harder and there's more encounters to it. But watch this. And I haven't got it on there. Fortunately, like that. And you'll see my, 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 my title there. 
is steady your course. And I'll get you the why I'm saying that now. It says there, in Psalms 119, verse 1, to, I'm not going to go all the way to it. It says, it says, you are blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road, the road that God has revealed to you. You're blessed when you follow the directions, doing, the, doing your best to find Him. The right, that's right. You don't go off your own and walk uh, straight along the road. He's, no, sorry. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road He set before you. God prescribed the right way to live, how He expects you to live. And I want to say that scripture is quite clear in Psalms. It's telling you if you want to live a blessed life, a life where the blessings of God flow, there is a condition that's attached to it. Most of us want to have the blessings of God and say, God, why haven't you given me this? Why haven't you blessed me? Why haven't you spoken into my life? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you brought the breakthrough? And he's saying in a lot of cases, it's because you're not following the word as he's prescribed it to us. And he is saying in that there, stay the course. Too often we give up. We throw in the towel and we say, oh, I can't do this anymore. I don't have the strength. I just can't see the end of the road, so I'm going to throw it away and I'm just going to give up. And we miss the blessing of God because we cut our journey, His directions. Let me tell you, the scripture is here. a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I've mentioned this before. The lamp is for now. He's revealing things to you so you know the next step. But often we are so wanting to know what the future lies that we continue looking over there and looking over there. We're not noticing what's happening right in front of us today at this moment. The blessings of God that are taking place. We're so saying, God, I want that. And we say, God, you're not looking after me. But we forget yesterday how he provided for you. We forget the goodness that is shown every single step. But he goes, he says, you're the light to my, my the lamp to my, the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. And the path is future. It's ahead of us. It's what lies ahead. And sometimes he re reveals to you and me what lies ahead. But I can tell you sometimes he doesn't reveal because he wants you to be faithful in watching what's going on in front of you. And you be committed in this and you take the next step and you take the next step. And before you know it, you're in the purpose that God has destined for you. So if you want to walk in that blessing, you want to be where God wants you to be. And I know we all want to be there. I know that's our heart and our vision and our desire to do what God wants us to do. To be in his exact place and his exact time. I want to tell you, and I honestly believe God's saying this to you. For most part of you, for most of you, you're actually where God wants you to be. And you're unsettled and you're not sure. This is the season that's in your life right now. And if you can push through in this season and make the difference and learn the lessons and grasp what he's teaching you now, it will reveal the next step as the time comes. Jesus is always pushing us further. He's never stagnant. He never stops and says, okay, we've come to the promised land. Right, it's a lovely place. We're going to stop there. We've just conquered the city of Jericho, as we read there. Jubilation, excitement, the walls come down. Let's camp there and say, this is the greatest place to say. 
For most part, Jesus is always pushing us further. Yes, there will be some who will stay and enjoy the promises at that time and that season in their life. Because people had to stay in Jericho. Some of the Israelites had to stay there. Boy, so it wouldn't be a conquered city. They had to bring the rule and, the, and, the, and God's presence back into that city. But the reality is most people had to push forward. There were more battles. There were greater things to achieve. And there was one thing after the other. And we look at all the people of faith, the people that God has set before, and, and, and the scriptures again teaches us that so clearly, the journeys that we follow. Every single one of them was not just a simple journey, it was a journey of progressions. Learning a lesson, yeah, applying it to my life. Learning a lesson, yeah, applying it to my life. Because what I've learned yeah today will help me down the road over here. And if I haven't learned that lesson, God will keep me around that mountain every single day of my life until I've grasped it and said, thank you, Jesus, that you've taught me. And the unfortunate and the saddest part of this thing is most of us only learn our lessons in hardship. And I think God's learned that lesson. He he's understands that you and I learn things through hardships. And so we go through times that are tough and difficult because those are the times that reveals the heart. It reveals what you're feeling, the emotions inside of you. And he says, right, now I can deal with that. I've seen a change. I'll push you forward. Completely detour it again. Don't worry. We'll get there. Previously, I shared on the scripture, it says, consider it pure joy in James 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and my sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops a perseverance, and the perseverance must finish so that you may mature and complete and lack nothing. God wants you to mature and be complete and lack, no lack nothing. And that word perseverance is endurance. We have to establish characteristic of endurance. People of God, you have to be of endurance. We have to walk through the tough times. The times people say things to you that you don't like. Or they offend you. Because they offended you because God's saying you can be offended. And he's saying deal with that. They hurt you because God's saying element in there that you're not trusting me and you're not work walking with me. Jesus taught us that way. Man, he was offended and he was hurt. Every single step that he took from the moment he was in the garden of Gethsemane till the time he got to the cross. And watch his response. And we walk out of here and somebody didn't look at it, looked at us funny this morning and we get oh, not coming back to that church. Yeah, rattled. But he reveals that because he wants you to say, hey, there's nothing to deal with. There's something I want to bring breakthrough. Because I can tell you now, if I've learned a lesson of endurance, and I only share this because God has taken me on a journey of endurance. And there's been many journeys like you've got of where we have to push through and we have to say, I can and I will and I will continue and I'll not throw in the towel. I'll not give up. Yes, I'll get weary and I will get tired. And that you can see in the Bible. You only have to look at the Old Testament to how the guys got weary and tired. Moses got tired so many times. Jesus got tired so many times. But what did he do in that time where he was weary and he tired? He pressed in to the one who loves him. 
He pressed into the Father. He said, I'm going aside to spend time with my Father in heaven that I can hear the next part of my journey. And it gives you courage. And that's what I was saying. So the Word of God is vitally important. I shared with you a couple of things. There's the written Word. With the Scriptures, this year can teach you things. There's the spoken Word. When I'm sharing with you, what are you doing with what the Word that God has shared today and for the last month in your life? Have you thrown it aside or are you saying, how can I apply it? What can I do? There's the prophetic word. People have spoken words over you. God has spoken prophetic words over you. Where he sees your life and what he do. Are you believing it? Are you living it? Are you making it part of your life? Or are you just saying, eh, maybe. There's so many aspects to it. There's the living word, Jesus Christ, revealing to you to us every single day, showing us revelation. There is the Spirit who comes and lives inside of us. The Comforter. Jesus, Jesus the Spirit abiding within us. Giving us revelation, giving us hope, giving us something for the day. The bread of life, he says it is. The sustenance that you knew. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every single word that proceeds. If we don't get that into our hearts to say it's the word of God, it's the life that Jesus brings that is your sustenance, you and I will be struggling along on our road of endurance. And it'll be tough and difficult because we're not approaching it in the right light. The word, I broke it up, I said W-O-R-D. And I'm just quickly summarizing. The word is wisdom. When you apply this and when Jesus is living in you and speaking to your life, your life is filled with wisdom. You make the right decisions. You can add value in your workplace. You can add value in your, per- in your marriage. You can add value in your personal life. You can add value to your friends because you have a wisdom to see beyond the natural. That's what the word does. The O is for orientation and that's the balance. It's the calibration. It's where God re-comes into your life and He balances you. You know what happens with life? I was listening to somebody. Somebody sent me something this morning and it was some guy talking about he's got a little bit of the the biblical principles, but he's got all the other junk that goes with it and he's trying to align it all together and make it sound like it's, it's, it's all the same thing. Let me tell you, Jesus is the standard. And you and I, when we lose focus of Jesus and the standard we skew to the left or to the right. And if you don't keep coming back to what Jesus is saying and the truth of the life, we skew off. And before you know it, your doctrine becomes skewed. Your ideologies become skewed. Your morals in your workplace become skewed because you've lost sight of it. And the word brings revelation. It brings repentance. It brings restitution. We love that. But that's the promise that God gives us is that he says that everything that the enemy has taken away from you, he will return back to you sevenfold. The restitution. He brings back the blessing of God back into your life. He brings back everything that's stolen when you realign yourself with God is doing. Am I losing this again? Yes. There we go. Is that better? Because just now it's hanging by my kneecaps, and that's not going to at all. Thank you, Tim. And the last one is direction. The word brings direction. So that was really just the summary of what I'm saying. But we're going to finish now because it's, time, is, time is going, but also it's very hot. 
But I just wanted to feel, I felt in my heart that God wants me to expand on the aspect of direction in your life. And to make you realize that He has a plan and purpose for your life. You have to establish what is that plan and what is the purpose. We weren't put onto this earth just to come to church, to live a life, to earn a salary, to go to work, to play a bit of golf or whatever you do. There is something greater. What influence can I have? What difference can I make? And I'm not saying God is saying it's only consumed in the church. He's saying you can have an influence in the church because that's where it's all it's supposed to be. This is a place of equipping and, and refreshing and rejuvenation. It's like coming into the service center and getting everything retested and rechecked, refueled up, ready to go for the purpose that God has set before you, the calling that God has set before you. And you'll say, what is that? Well, maybe God has gifted you in the area of finances. He's made you very successful in the business world. Well, do that with every fiber of your being, but never lose sight of the one who's given you that talent and that gift. I want to tell you a story about Samson. And we read it, uh, the, 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 everybody knows the story of Samson. But what I found significant about Samson is that God, in, in, in this, I'll just read that scripture there. So we're looking at Judges 16. Samson was called by the Lord to help free the Israelites from the Philistines. So he had a prophetic word over his life. It says his hair, hair was a sign of the covenant. You will become, uh, and it says, you will become pregnant. This is over the mother. It was certainly wasn't Samson who was going to become pregnant, because that would be a miracle. And you will have a son whose head will never be touched by the razor, because the boy is a Nazarene dedicated to God from the wound. He will take lead in delivering Israel from the hand of the Philistine. Let me tell you, we all have that calling. Every one of us are called to deliver the people from the hand of the enemy. You have a part to play. I have a part to play. How that works out, God will tell you. God must reveal that to you. In what sphere, what zone, in what place it might be. It might be standing publicly. It might be standing on the, on the, on, on the stages on TV. It might be on the golf course. Wherever it might be, we all have that purpose. When we were, when we were called into the kingdom of God, and Jesus washed our lives and he cleansed us and he made us new. And he brought life back into us. He said, you're called to a purpose. And your purpose is for the people who haven't encountered me, who haven't met me, who need me. That's what you need to do. But watch what happens in this man's life. So here we have a man who, was, who had a purpose. He was tormented by this woman who kept on wanting to find out what that strength was, what that strength. What I find very interesting in that scripture, and every time that, 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 that she says to him, uh, what can I do to stop your strength? His response was always that it's my strength. He was looking at it as if he became comfortable with the supernatural strength that he had, and he began to believe that that strength was his strength. And I want to say, just on the sideline, the talents and gifts that God has given you can so, so often be overshadowed by the fact that you think it's your talent and your gift. It's your strength. We need to be reminded once again that it's not your strength, it's God's strength. And when we refocus once again, when we reorientate it to where our purpose and where our, our, our sustenance comes from, 
it changes the outlook. And Samson was deceived by this lady. And along she, Delilah came along and she eventually, she, she eventually got convinced him of what he needed to do. And his head was shaved and his strength left his body. You see, in that moment when the disobedience came into his life, what God has given you as a blessing is removed from that. But the most amazing thing is that God will never remove it if you have a repentant heart. It will return. And we see what happens in that state. I mean, this is a hard lesson that Samson had to go through. It's like the hard lessons we have to go through in life. Where God gives us a purpose and a plan and we don't follow through because we don't see it to the end the way we need to and how he intended it to be. And he said there, he was captured, blinded, and enslaved. And the funny thing, when he was enslaved, he was put onto the mill, basically a massive stone that crushes wheat. And effectively, you might have seen it as one of those things where they used to use animals, basically, to do that, where the animal would push like the donkey would walk round and round and round around this massive thing. Oh, it's gone again. Sorry. Please tell me. Is that better? No. <laughs> Is that better? Oh, sorry. I'll just scream louder. It's facing the wrong way. <laughs> I can't see down there. What a chameleon. Is that better? Oh, uh, whatever. I'll just look funny. Anyway, he was crushing. And, and, and it was almost like he had to have the strength of an animal, yet he was weak. And, he, and they were taunting him by saying, you were so strong, and now we're going to make you do the work of an animal. So for the rest of his days in prison, he was walking around, crushing this wheat, pushing this heavy stone day in, and day out. But what we see that takes place, there comes a place in his life where he says this uh, in verse 28, Samson prayed, he pleaded with God for help. And in that moment in time where he began to plead with the help with God, his hair begins to grow. And the Bible said his strength slowly began to return. And it doesn't matter if we fall short of what God's saying right now. Because God understands failure. He understands that we miss the boat. He understands that we lose sight of things. He understands the flesh that we live in. He's gracious enough to say, if you're willing to return back to me, I will still bring a breakthrough in your life. And of course, his hair returns and then he comes into the temple and, the, and he says to the, to, to the guy who was guiding them, he says, put me by the pillars. And we know the story and he pushes the pillars down. And they said on the top floor, there were about 3,000 Philistines. And of course, we know if there were probably 3,000 on the top floor, there were probably more on the bottom there. And in a single moment and in a single time, the prophetic word over his life is revealed. And God impacts into that situation and begins the process of destroying the hold that the Philistines had over Israel. And so even if we walk down a road that's not necessarily the right way, if we return back to him, he will honor his word because his word is true, his word is life, and his word is victory over us. Step into it. Be bold. Running out of time, but I want to just say this. I gave the good man over there a nice banana loaf. I got my bag of goodies here. If I can find it in my bag of goodies. I've got another one here. If you imagine for a moment 
And it was nice to know that old Bruce Russell also likes to make banana bread, so I'm not the only one, but I didn't make this one, didn't have the time. But let me tell you, it tastes good, it's nice. But there's a process for it to get to that stage. It doesn't just get to that stage by just going, there it is. Maybe if we go and buy it in the supermarkets, but even then, they have to go through that process. The goal is to get to this. That's what God has set for us, a goal, a purpose, a plan, a vision for your life. Somewhere you need to go, something you need to do. You need to be trusting God every day. What is my purpose? What is it? Do you want me to be a banana bread or chocolate cake or lemon meringue? Whatever it is that God wants you to become. But are you willing to work the journey to get to that stage? There's a journey for that stage. Watch this. We've got to start with the basics. Now, most of you would look at that and say, well, that's not quite ready. But some of you will say, oh, that's ready. It's ripe. Let me tell you, when I make a banana bread, it must be black. I like it pop and sock and whatever else. It must just look like it's squishy because that makes the nicest one. Sometime in life, you're thinking you're ready. Well, I've been waiting all this time. I'm sitting in church and no one's recognizing. God's saying you're not ready for the purpose that I have for you yet. You've got to do a little bit more maturing. You've got to, the best place for a banana to be, to go black, is either in the fridge or in a dark place. So maybe he's got to keep you in those dark places, in those fridges, the out of the way places for now. Because he wants to bring you to his perfect and pur purpose for your life. Because, you know, if I take a green banana and it's hard and try and squash it and, and, and crush it, it's very difficult. But when it's black and soft and everything, it's so easy to crush. It's so easy to make it into what I want you to do. And God is saying, just be patient. Wait for the right time. The other thing with that banana over there, I'll tell you what, and this is always the hard thing, is when you put it in the bowl, it needs to be squashed a little bit. I don't know, you might have some fancy techniques. I'll just use a one of these but let me tell you that process of being squashed is not a pleasant process it takes endurance and we're saying yes God use me you've got all the promises I could go through this hall right now and look at every one of you and tell me a promise in God's word and you'll say I'm the head and not the tail God has blessed me with everything uh, financially he's blessed me and I will be you know, everything will just be wonderful. He's saying, yes, those are the promises. But are you willing to walk the road to achieve those promises? Are you willing to endure to the end? Are you willing to be crushed and squashed and mulched? We need a bit of this. Now, I can tell you now, if I've got my little spoon out now, and I'm not going to do it, and I said, Tim, do you want some? He'd probably say, no, he really don't want some because it don't taste so nice. And sometimes we have to endure moments where things are bitter and things don't taste so nice. And things are not so, it might look nice. It looks pretty. It looks nice and soft and fluffy. But to the palate, it has no value. It has no taste. God expects you in those moments to endure through those times because as you push through and as he begins to blend you in the process 
it begins to work. You see, there's a recipe. Here's my recipe. And it clearly tells me the steps that I have to follow. I can't start at this end and do it that way. There's a step. Everybody who knows baking, for most part, there's always a step that you have to follow. You need to do this and this before you can do this. You can't just throw it all into one bowl. It needs to be mixed in a sequence. And so your God is saying, this lesson that you're learning right now is the sequence that you need to learn. But before you learn this, then the next one will happen. And once you've gained that, and once you've, under, you, you've tolerated the bitter taste that you have to endure in life, then the next step comes along. This one's nice, because we all like this. Those sweet moments in life. And you know what the goodness of God is? He puts those sweet moments into your life. It almost like helps you through. When you feel that you can't anymore and you're saying, God, I'm now finished. He'll bring you, if you persevere that one, He'll bring you through a sweet moment. A moment where life seems to be a little bit easier. And it's a season where He draws you through. Why? Because He needs to add that into your life as well. This banana bread would be very bland and very plain if it didn't have that added into it. But it's not the only ingredient that goes into it. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but I tell you what, there's a whole lot of things that need to go. We've got our eggs over here. I'm not going to throw them at anybody. I'm not going to give them to Tim because he'll throw it at me. But I tell you what, if I took that egg and just threw it straight into the bowl like that and stirred it up, what you'd have a banana bread with a big egg stuck in the middle of it. That would be no good to anyone. It has to be broken. It has to be added in. It has to be mixed. And your life consists of broken moments and moments where God needs to break and open and crack it open to reveal the goodness inside of you. And sometimes it even goes as far, I mean, when, I, when you do a lemon meringue, you can't have the, the yolk and the white together. You separate the two because the one creates one aspect and the other creates the other aspect. I mean, a lemon meringue without the white yolk is no good for anybody. It's one of the best parts. It makes it look pretty. But God requires this, a breaking in your life. Something that will just bring the right texture and the context for your life. I'm running out of space. But I'm not going to go on. Because I've got here the measuring as well. Everything is measured. God is measuring the purpose and the, the specific things for He needs for your journey. Somebody else, I mean I know for a fact. Sometimes I look at people's lives and say, Man, I wish I had it as easy as them. They just don't seem to... Why do I have to carry this load? Why am I under such pressure all the time? Why do I feel like I do? And I just look at everybody else. Man, they just glide through life. It looks like it's going through their life. Because God's got different measures for every single individual. And He knows what your measure is. He knows what works for you. He knows what His purpose is for you. And therefore, He's measuring out into your life exactly what you need. So stop looking around and saying, well, that person's got it better than I did. Look at them, they're driving a better car, a nicer house, and I can't get that. I wish I could get to that place. Be content and happy where you are and allow God to measure what He needs to measure in your life today. And finally, all of that stuff gets thrown in together. The sweet, the bitter, the baking powder, which is even more bitter if you taste it. That is dreadful wouldn't recommend eating it. The eggs. I'm telling you, not many of you like to go for breakfast on a, on, a, on, on a day somewhere to a shopping center and say, please give me a raw egg. 
I want my breakfast. It just don't taste nice. That texture is just not nice. And if you like me, I don't like my white. When I have an egg on there, I like the yellow nice and soft, but I'm, that white must be firm. There's a way in which, which it must be done. So God has to beat all of that thing. And he puts this thing on and he stirs you up and he gives you a good beating, to say it that way. That everything that he's teaching in your life comes together and is made in one. It goes into the oven. And the result is this. But what I also find, and that applies to so many things, if you take this out the oven straight away, it's not always the nicest. Some people like it. But you've got to wait for it to cool down. So just sometimes you think, okay, I'm ready. God has done everything that he needs to do. He's saying, no, there's a little bit more. Just hang on. Because with this, you can add life to other people. But God can't bring the life that he wants to until he's created this in your life. So hopefully, now that my table looks absolutely messy, steer the course. Stay faithful to what God has done. And in closing, I wanted to just say this. If you look at sailors out in the, uh, in the, in the big sea, they got these satellite images of showing what storms and what encounters lie ahead. And they will look at that, that storm, and sometimes they make the decision, it's the right thing to go around the storm. Maybe that storm's too big and it's not going to be able to do it. Or maybe there might just be their ship is too small, so they steer around it. But there's other times that they look at it and they weigh up the odds and say, if we steer around this storm, it's going to take us three extra days and we're not going to get to the port in time. And we'll incur costs when we get to the port because there's delays. So what they look at that and they say, hey, right, for this time... And God will sometimes take you around a storm, but sometimes he has to take you through the storm. And in both cases, the round the storm might take a little bit longer. You need to endure the extra time. And in the time when you have to go through the storm, you have to endure the pain for the end result. God wants us to achieve the end result. He wants you to achieve the end result. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We can rely completely and utterly on you. And I pray for every person here this morning. I pray, God, that you would reveal their purpose to them. That you would make your word living and alive. That you would just breathe into them a freshness and a wholeness. That they would understand that you've got a perfect, most magnificent plan for their life. God, I pray for strength that as you need to do what you need to do in their life, that they would have the endurance to see it through. Let us not fail at the end of the, before we get to the finish line. Let's push through for what he wants to do. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.